Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Michelin tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. It is Super Bowl week. Usually, we are there. But this week, everything is totally different compared to what has typically been the case. And this year, I am doing the show from home in Nashville as we get ready for the big game between the Chiefs and the Bucks. And already this week, yesterday, we spent a lot of time talking about Matthew Stafford to the Rams and, uh, and Jared Goff to the Lions. And by the way, we're scheduled to talk with Albert Breer in the second hour of the program at SI, who really had the behind-the-scenes story there, including Stafford and uh, and Sean McVay and their wives and McVay's fiance, I guess, meeting for a celebratory dinner in Cabo, uh, which is pretty funny in and of itself. If you didn't, I know they supposedly were there just by accident at the same time. Uh, that feels a little bit like a setup, like maybe they were hoping that they were going to be able to get together, but who knows for exa- for uh, for sure. But larger context here, we didn't talk a lot about this, but with Matthew Stafford now off the table, there are five teams to me that could win a Super Bowl in their mind if they had the right quarterback. Maybe even six teams. These are teams that were close, not quite there in the last year. And I think they are looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they are thinking 
we've got to go get Deshaun Watson if he comes available because he can be the difference between us being decent and being in the Super Bowl. The NFL is a copycat league. And the addition of Tom Brady to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with virtually no other changes, that quarterback addition put the Bucs in the Super Bowl. They went from 7-9 and nine, without having been to the playoffs in 12 years to winning three playoff games on the road, Washington, New Orleans, and Green Bay, and getting to be the first NFL team of all time to play the Super Bowl in their home stadium. And they did it because of one man, Tom Brady. Now, Bruce Arians is important, but in year one with Bruce Arians, Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. That first year, Tampa Bay goes out, they make one change, they change their quarterback, and their entire future of their franchise flips on uh, that decision. Overnight, boom, one move. So who are the teams out there? The NFL sells hope better than any league in America. You will watch the NFL draft this spring convinced that whoever your team drafts is going to change the future of your franchise forever. Most of the time, that is not the case. Sometimes, if you get the right quarterback, it can be. But what if you're not going to be drafting a quarterback necessarily? What if there is somebody out there that you already know is a stud at the quarterback position? What if, instead of the uncertainty in the first round with a quarterback, your team, which is already good, had the chance to give up some draft picks and go grab a 25-year-old quarterback who has already proven he's a top 10 guy and you feel good about him for the next decade. What if that could be your future? Who are these teams that I am talking about that believe they are close to being able to break through and get on the way to a Super Bowl run? And who would potentially be willing or able to give up three picks out there, first-round picks, in order to get Deshaun Watson. I'll start to run through this list, and you tell me whether or not you agree with these teams as ones that could change one thing, change the quarterback, and you could be next year's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Your team could be the one playing in the Super Bowl out in L.A. Well, we already know one of those teams is the Rams. Sean McVay looked at his team, said, we've already been to the Super Bowl. We just finished off in the divisional round playoff games. We won a game, but we feel like we are one player at the quarterback position away. Even if we have to give up two first rounders and move on from Jared Goff, I'm ready to go grab Matthew Stafford. The Rams are making a play to be next year's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We already know that they've made that move. They looked at all their available options and they were willing to go big to make a splash because they think that Matthew Stafford can be their guy. What about elsewhere in the league? Who else stands out as a potential difference maker there? I'll tell you, six teams, in my mind, are at the top of the list when it comes to contending for Deshaun Watson, a quarterback away. And before I give you those six, let me also tell you this. I believe 
the Saints should also be considered to be in this mix. So I'm going to make it seven teams, and I'll start with the New Orleans Saints, but the reason why I don't have them counted necessarily in my six teams is because I'm not 100% sure what's going to happen with their quarterback position. Is Drew Brees going to officially retire? The answer seems to be yes. Are they going? Has Sean uh, Payton promised the starting job to Taysom Hill? Maybe. In which case, the Saints couldn't be in the move, in, in, in the mix in the same way. But if the Saints are effectively cleaning the deck with Drew Brees gone, the Saints are the team that to me makes a tremendous amount of sense because they could give up several years of first-round picks and feel like they still have enough talent already with Alvin Kamara, with Michael Thomas, with that defense. Their window is now, and to me, that is what's similar to them with the Bucks, They beat Tom Brady and the Bucks twice. They turned the ball over. I think it was four times, three breeze interceptions, the fumble by Jared Cook. Otherwise, they may well have been in the NFC Championship game. So the Saints are on the list, to me, of teams that could make a run at Deshaun Watson. And if I'm Deshaun Watson, I would love the idea of playing in New Orleans with Sean Payton. Now, here's a guy, and I'm going to unpack this one in a longer form, maybe to start the top of the second hour. Because this oftentimes is a move trading for a big-time quarterback that is about ego. And to me, Bill Belichick's ego is under attack like has never happened in the last 20 years in the NFL. Everybody has just talked about what a genius Bill Belichick is for most of the last 20 years in the NFL. Suddenly, Tom Brady leaves, and did you see what uh, Danny Amendola said? Said, hey, the Patriot way should come with a picture of Tom Brady. Wasn't anything about the coaching. It was about what Brady did. That storyline, I'm going to talk about it at the top of hour two in particular, has to grate at the nerves of Bill Belichick like no other. So imagine that you are Belichick. You're sitting in your house watching. You know he's desperately rooting, by the way, for Patrick Mahomes to win, even though he won't say it. He was rooting for Brady to lose to Washington. He was rooting for Brady to lose to New Orleans. He was rooting for Brady to lose to the Green Bay Packers. He's human, and he knows with every win that Brady gets, it detracts from his overall legacy. If you are sitting up in New England and you see a 25-year-old quarterback with Deshaun Watson's abilities, are you not telling me that Bill Belichick has to be licking his chops at the idea of being able to bring Deshaun Watson to New England and, boom, try to build another dynasty around the Deshaun Watson to prove that you can win a Super Bowl with somebody other than Tom Brady? The Patriots are at the top of my list for teams that should be willing to trade for Deshaun Watson, and give up whatever it takes. The Bears. A lot of you out there right now, the irony of this would be amazing. You pass on Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes so that you can draft Mitch Trubisky. A lot of times in life, you don't get a second chance to replace an error that you made. What if the Bears just said, screw it, we're going to do whatever it takes to erase that storyline from existence we are going to make a move and we are going to go get Patrick Mahomes, sorry, the Patrick Mahomes competitor, Deshaun Watson, so that nobody talks about us ever drafting Mitch Trubisky again. 
the Bears feel like at 8-8, eight and eight, they were in the playoffs, but that offense was wobbly. You can't trust Mitch Trubisky. They got a coach who's supposedly an offensive genius in Matt Nagy. This, to me, puts the Bears in the mix to potentially be willing to make that trade. How about the Colts? Right now in Indianapolis, you are sitting with a complete void at the quarterback position. Jacoby Brissett is probably not the guy. Phillip Rivers came in as a placeholder for one year. You now have tremendous salary cap potential. You've got a great running back in Jonathan Taylor. You have to place your left tackle, Costanzo, but you have a really talented offensive line that protected a totally immobile quarterback in Phillip Rivers. What do you think you could do if suddenly you plug Deshaun Watson in there, not to mention the fact that you would theoretically decapitate your competitor down in Houston if they were willing to trade in division? The Colts make a tremendous amount of sense. How about the 49ers? You know that Jimmy Garoppolo probably can't take you to the next level. You kick the tires a little bit on Matthew Stafford. Your division may be the best collection of young quarterbacks-ish in the NFL. I'm counting Russell Wilson still as a young quarterback because compared to Tom Brady and Drew Brees, he's a whippersnapper. And so you've got Russell Wilson in Seattle. You've got in Arizona, Kyler Murray, who showed a lot of flashes until fading late in the second season. And now you've got a deal with Matthew Stafford in L.A. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to win that division? Let me ask you this question. How often does the worst quarterback in a division win the division? Almost never. Right now, Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion, is the worst quarterback in the NFC West. If you had Deshaun Watson... 25-year-old Deshaun Watson, what does that do for the overall 49er perspective? I think it changes it in a hurry. I think that the 49ers should be in the mix. They have a lot of talent. They don't really need to go out and continue to draft. If that defensive line comes back healthy, is going to be back. He's going to be a beast. George Kittle, if they can keep him healthy, they can run the football. They still need to make some plays probably at the wide receiver position, but you know what helps with that? Having Deshaun Watson at quarterback, I think the 49ers should be in the mix. How about the Dolphins? The Dolphins right now are a quarterback away. They've got Tua. Flashes at best that maybe he could be the guy. The truth of the matter is Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been better for the Miami Dolphins if they had played them all last year. I think there's a good chance they would have been in the playoffs. Instead, they split time with Tua and Tua was okay at best that might be charitable to Tua. You've got the number three overall pick, which is basically a steal that you got from the Texans in the first place. What if you went to the Texans and you said, hey, we'll give you our number three overall pick, we'll give you Tua, who we drafted with the second pick last year, and we'll give you our first round pick next year. Is that a package that potentially the Houston Texans would be willing to consider. I think it's an intriguing offer that the Miami Dolphins should put on the table and at least make them contemplate it. How about Washington, the football team? Seven and nine last year. Alex Smith injured, couldn't play very well down the stretch. Dwayne Haskins, the supposed future of the franchise, kicked off the team before the second season is even complete. I know there was a lot of excitement about our boy uh, Heineke who came in and made some plays late.
but do you really think the Washington football team wants to put the fate of their franchise in his hands? I don't think so right now. And so Washington has to feel, given how good Chase Young is, given what a great head coach Ron Rivera is, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, Washington has to feel like they could have the answer going forward at the quarterback position if they could get Deshaun Watson in there. Those are the teams that, to me, make the most sense. No particular order. The Patriots, the Bears, the Colts, the 49ers, the Dolphins, the Washington football team, and depending on what they do, the Saints all have to feel like they might be a quarterback away from making a Super Bowl run. Could Deshaun Watson be their quarterback? I think you can make a case pretty strongly that all of those teams should consider two first-rounders plus in terms of the offer that they would have to put on the table. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Hymns Sex Chews and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hymns has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex choose are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. I think... The most interesting story in the offseason right now in the NFL, by far, even during Super Bowl week, is what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Now, we had Deshaun Watson on the show two years ago at the Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson in Atlanta came on the show. He was fantastic. Everybody loves him. Good dude. His relationship right now seems broken with the Houston Texans. I've told you. If I were the Houston Texans, I would do whatever I could to fix that relationship. But right now, they cannot manage to get it fixed. And so I ran through to start the show. I ran through a list of teams that to me could feel like, hey, next year we could be this year's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The NFL is a copycat league. Bucks go from seven and nine to playing in the Super Bowl. Why did they do that? Veteran quarterback Tom Brady. That's it. That's your answer. Basically the same team. Otherwise, Brady took a team that was 7-9, and nine, hadn't been to the Super Bowl in 12 years, to, hadn't been to the playoffs in 12 years, to the Super Bowl. How do you do that? Veteran quarterback comes in, changes the culture overnight. Danny Omendola, what did he say? The Patriot way should just be a picture of Tom Brady. All right? That's not an endorsement of Bill Belichick in any way. That is saying... The Patriot dynasty happened because of Tom Brady. There are a bunch of teams out there that feel like they could make that same run. I ran through them with you in the first hour of the program. They are the Patriots, the Bears, the Colts, the 49ers, the Dolphins, Washington, and maybe the Saints, depending on what Drew Brees does. That's seven teams in conjunction with the Rams who already made their move. They all think we're a quarterback away. Now, There are other teams out there that are certainly in need of a quarterback, but they ain't a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. Jacksonville Jaguars. They're a quarterback away, and they're a corner away, and they're a couple linebackers away, and they're a wide receiver away, and they're a couple tackles away, right? You can run through a lot of things that the Jags need. They're going to get better when they take Trevor Lawrence. I already like the idea that they hired Urban Meyer, but one player doesn't put the Jags in the Super Bowl. The Patriots, the Bears, the Colts, the 49ers, the Dolphins, Washington, and the Saints, one player could put them in the Super Bowl. But one of those teams, to me, has 
a desperate need to be better next year. And that team is the New England Patriots. Because don't underrate the ego of Bill Belichick. Don't understate how desperately he wants to be able to replace this argument out there that Tom Brady is the reason for the New England Patriot dynasty and that he was just a coach, just a guy, just JAC. What do you say when you're not convinced that a guy's a difference maker? He's a jag. He's just a guy. A lot of guys out there, you plug them in, they may do fine at a job. Wherever you work, you know what I'm talking about. There are a lot of you out there that have people you work with, and if they disappeared, the business wouldn't change at all. In show business, there are character actors. Guys you can plug in, they might be good at their job, but if they disappear, they don't matter. They're not Tom Cruise. They're not Denzel Washington. They aren't the reason that you go see a movie. Right now, for the first time in 20 years, people can say about Bill Belichick, he's just a coach. Because if you look at his record without Tom Brady, that's what he is. JAC, just a coach. He's got a losing record in the NFL. A lot of games he's coached when Tom Brady hasn't been there. We used to say about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, hey, look at what happened when Brady didn't play for that whole year. Matt Castle stepped in and the Patriots still won 11 games. Remember when Tom Brady was suspended and Jacoby Brissett and Jimmy Garoppolo had to come in and play for those four games? Patriots still won three of them. Coming into this season, you could look at Bill Belichick without Tom Brady and you could say, in New England without Brady, Belichick went 14-6. and That's pretty doggone good. I was one of those people who said it. Belichick mattered more than Brady. I think there was a strong argument for that being the case. Not anymore. Not anymore when Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl and Bill Belichick's 7-9 and and not even in the playoffs. Not anymore when Danny Amendola and other former Patriots are starting to tee off a little bit, maybe because they didn't like the way that Belichick carried himself and they're saying, hey, the Patriot way was all about Tom Brady. It wasn't about Bill Belichick at all. And Bill Belichick likes to claim he's above the noise. He doesn't listen to nincompoops like me and you and everybody else out there who argues about these things. He doesn't care. I think he's not telling the truth. I think deep down, Belichick has been desperately rooting for Tom Brady to fail once the playoffs started. I think during the season, he was so busy. I don't think Belichick, and I really do believe this, coaches are so focused on their own team, laser-liked, that I don't think Belichick was paying that much attention to what was going on with Tom Brady. I don't think Belichick was sitting around watching every game, but you know he's been watching in the playoffs. And if you could put him on a lie detector test and you said, Bill, were you rooting for the Bucks or Washington? If he said the Bucks, I think that thing would go haywire. Same thing against New Orleans, same thing against Green Bay. I think Belichick wanted Brady to lose in the playoffs. I would bet almost every spare dollar I have if you put Belichick on a lie detector test and you knew it was going to work, he would either lie and get caught in it or he'd tell you the truth, which was he didn't want Brady to win because this guy's super competitive. 
and he knows that his life's work, which is substantial and incredible and fantastic and phenomenal and the likes of which no other coach has ever achieved in the NFL. But there's a but that you throw in there. The debate has long been who matters more. And right now, Brady has basically scored a first round knockdown on Bill Belichick on that argument. If Belichick is going to get back up off the canvas, what he has to do is he has to start winning immediately next year. How could he guarantee that he wins immediately next year and keeps winning for the next several years? The answer is pretty straightforward and clear. He can go get Deshaun Watson. Because if he goes and gets Deshaun Watson, by the way, you're going to throw for more touchdown passes than the four that Cam Newton threw for. You don't have to design a special offense to take advantage of what Cam Newton can do. Your offensive systems with Josh McDaniel look a lot better with Deshaun Watson under center. You can go start to build around him. You'll be in the playoffs virtually every year. And all of a sudden, boom, Bill Belichick, genius coach extraordinaire, is back in the headlines. And he's going to be able to coach, if he wants to, longer than Brady will be able to play. Which means that the final chapter of the Brady versus Belichick dynasty is, dynasty is still to be written and that Bill Belichick has the opportunity to be the author of that chapter. How could you ensure that that story ends with Belichick rising once again to the level of Super Bowl champion by getting Deshaun Watson, no matter what the cost is, to New England. I know it's not vintage Patriots. They try to underpay all the time. But I think the pressure on Belichick is of a different nature and level right now. And I think Deshaun Watson to New England could make an awful lot of sense. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We bring in now Albert Breer from uh, Sports Illustrated, who had a fantastic article about how the Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff trade went down. I'm going to dive into that with him. Also curious what he thinks might happen with Deshaun Watson and obviously with it being Super Bowl week, we'll see what he expects for the matchup between the Chiefs and the Bucks. But Albert, thanks for getting up early with us. Uh, great article, really fascinating. You reported eight different teams were involved in the Matthew Stafford sweepstakes and potentially uh, a couple of teams thought they were going to be able to make a play there, maybe Washington and Carolina, until suddenly the Rams swept in at the last moment and won Matthew Stafford uh, away from, uh, from the other teams. Walk us through a really fantastic article that you wrote for SI about this process, where it leaves us, and what kind of stood out to you about the pursuit of Matthew Stafford and successful uh, trade between them and the uh, Lions. Yeah, I mean, the first thing, Clay, is how fast it happened, you know, and, and I think that this was strategic by the Lions and smart, too, that they felt like um, if there is chaos in the quarterback market in a month or two, that could bend the, um, the supply-demand curve, and they want to get in front of that and offer another team, look, you know, here's, here's a piece of certainty. You don't know if Watson's going to be available. You don't know if Darnold's going to be available. You don't know if Jimmy or Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins is going to be available. You do know Matthew Stafford's available. So, you know, I think that they were able to create a market for Stafford that was maybe probably even a little inflated because he was the one guy that you knew was, was, was out there and you could have now. So I think it was smart of the Lions to do it that way. Um, the Senior Bowl in Mobile um, certainly 
helped to spark all of that because, you know, you had all the, a lot of the decision makers in one place. And, you know, the, the Lions left Mobile with multiple first-round picks from the table. And so that sort of allowed them to accelerate the process. And I, I think their intention was to get the deal done um, during Super Bowl week. But um, the fact that, you know, Washington had put a first-round pick on the table plus, but the fact that the Panthers had put a, a first-round pick on the table plus really sort of created this, okay, like we're going to be able to get this done quickly um, you know, and then the Rams, you know, the Rams kind of coming in and, and making the decision, we're all in. Sean McVay being sold on it. The fact that Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford by chance were together in Cabo, um, <laughs> all that kind of created this perfect storm where, you know, on Saturday, you know, Sean's calling his, calling his owner, Stan Kroenke, telling him, I sign off on this 100%, let's get it done. You know, that leads to the Rams going the extra mile. And, and I can tell you this. Um, Clay, you know, it was close enough with Carolina where the Panthers were actually working on getting Matthew Stafford's medicals from the Lions on Saturday afternoon. And the Rams obviously swoop in and, and, and wind up upping their offer. And, and now, you know, Matthew Stafford's a Ram, um, Jared Goff's a Lion, and a lot of teams have uh, – have some scrambling to do as far as what they're going to do with the quarterback position. It's a great story. I encourage people to go read it. Uh, and so I want to unpack a lot of these details with you, if I could. And we're talking with Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, who reported a very in-depth article on the decision of the Rams to add Matthew Stafford. I asked a question on my Twitter following. I love to see what the results are of polls. I said, who won this trade? One in quotation marks, because obviously it's hard Mm -hmm. to know anything like that. Uh, But looking at it right now, based on the information we have, dead even, Albert. 33,000 people, I think, voted. 50% like the Lions' perspective of Goff plus the picks. 50% like the Rams adding uh, Matthew Stafford. Who do you think got the better end of this deal right now? In an interesting way, we won't know because the picks, the first That's round right. picks at least, aren't current year. And we so won't know, and we won't <laughs> yeah. know where those picks even so, are because you could end up, you know, if things fell apart for the Rams, top yeah. 10 picks, I mean, then you can get a lot better quality than you can if they're I mean, low 20s. It's amazing because now Matthew Stafford has the ability to, you know, directly make the, this deal worse for the for his old team, you know? Yeah, that's so over right. the next two years, like, he plays really well, the Rams get to the Super Bowl, then that picks 31 or 32, right? Like, and now all of a sudden, it's almost like a de facto second-round pick. Um, if it doesn't work out, and, you know, say the top-heavy structure that the, the, the Rams have built there collapses, now all of a sudden, you, you know, you could be talking about much higher picks. And that was the risk the Lions took, you know? I mean, they had the eighth pick in the draft on the table, um, the, the Panthers were willing to send a later pick along with it. Um, the, the Washington was willing to send a one and a three, and those are current year picks. So those that you know, you're you're talking about. You know exactly what you're getting. Year. Yeah, you know what you're getting, and like so with the with the with the deal with the with the Rams, you have no clue. And um, you know what's 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 another interesting twist to that that whole piece of it too is Brad Holmes, the Lions' new GM, well, he came from the Rams. Like, he was a Rams employee a month ago. So, like, that part of it, too, like, it makes you sort of scratch your head. It's like, does Brad Holmes think the Rams are a house of cards? You know what I mean? Like, does he think that that thing's going to come undone and maybe that pick's going to be a little higher than the rest of us expect? So that's what's so interesting about the trade is that so much of it, we just we don't have any clue, and it's not even – like we don't know who the you know what's going to become of the eighth pick. No, no, no. We don't even know what the pick's going to become. So, 
Um, I, you know, I, I think that it's going to be really interesting to track this thing going forward. But I, I, I will say this. You know, I, I don't know that the general public has as high an opinion of Matthew Stafford as the NFL does. NFL teams made an emphatic statement over the last month, over the last week, what, what they think of Matthew Stafford in a very, very positive way. And that is such a fascinating point. Another fascinating point is the Rams getting rid of Jared Goff's contract, which effectively acknowledges that what they gave him, they didn't think he was worth. I'm going to unpack that in a moment because it's almost NBA style where a big part of this deal was that Jared Goff now is the responsibility of the Lions in a tough salary cap year potentially coming up. We won't know exactly probably till just before the league year starts what that number is going to be. But Matthew Stafford himself does not cost a lot of money over the next couple of years. Is the expectation that he will sign a long-term deal or do you expect for him to become a free agent? In other words, how many years do the Rams believe that Matthew Stafford has and what do you expect to happen with his kind of open-ended contract? Well, he's been banged up a lot. So, I mean, I, I guess, you know, there's an element there. Who knows, right? Like, you know, if he gets knocked around some more, does that shorten his career? It's certainly possible. But I will say the Rams have really good history of making these sorts of trades and then winding up taking care of the guys, right? Like, so Jalen Ramsey, they traded for him. He wasn't, you know, under a long-term deal at the time. They wind up getting him signed. Brandon Cook, same thing. They trade for him, get him from the New England Patriots. He winds up being signed. So, um, you know, their history is to bring these guys in and have them in the building for a while and then sign them to long-term deals. I mean, I can guarantee you that um, the Rams did not trade for, for Matthew Stafford with the idea that he's a two-year answer for him. I mean, I think they probably – I think they look at this more as a five- or a six-year answer. And eventually – they're gonna, he's 33 years old, so eventually they're going to have to find the next one. But at least, you know, over the next four or five years, they have a very solid answer. A guy they believe can be a top 10 quarterback. And Sean McVay really believes that, 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 that Stafford's a perfect fit for what he wants to do. And that in a way, you know, those two guys are going to be able to unlock things in each other that haven't been seen yet. Like that Sean McVay is going to be able to bring out some stuff in Matthew Stafford that we haven't seen yet. And same thing, Stafford's going to be able to bring out some things in McVay's offense. They haven't really been shown over McVay's first uh, first four years as a, as a head coach in L.A. What do the Lions believe they're getting? Obviously, they are now paying a substantial amount for Jared Goff. Do they believe that he can be their quarterback of the future? He's still a young guy. He went to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. Obviously, things have not gone well for him the past two years in terms of a decline since then. What do you think the Lions' reasonable expectations were? Does Goff factor very much into their future, or was this primarily about the two first-round draft picks? This is primarily about the picks, but I also think, you know, I, I can also tell you that I have it on good authority that Dan Campbell, the new head coach, had told the front office, you know, look, if we can come out of this with like a reasonable answer at quarterback, I'd much prefer that than going with some sort of, you know, band-aid at the position. I mean, he wanted a very viable answer. So, I think, you know, and whatever the deal was, the Lions were going to ask for a quarterback, whether, you know, dealing with Denver, say it's Drew Locke, dealing with Carolina, say it's Teddy Bridgewater. I I think the Lions were going to want to have some sort of representative answer at the position coming back, or at least a plan in place to go and and, and take care of that. So, you know, I I think that right now that makes Jared Goff sort of the short-term answer in a complete rebuild, and that's what the Lions have sort of admitted they're doing with this move. Um, especially because you know they were willing to take picks that aren't current year, 
Um, you know, but 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 the but but the flip side of that, Clay, is it creates opportunity for Jared Goff. So I think right now they view him as the answer for the next two or three years. But if I'm Jared Goff, I'm going into this and saying, you know, I played in the Super Bowl two years ago. I'm plenty capable. So he's certainly going to have a chance to prove himself worthy of being the franchise quarterback in Detroit over the next couple of years. Was the report you think about Matthew Stafford saying, hey, I'd go anywhere but New England likely to be true? Or was that just a shot at Matt Patricia on the way out? What's the what's the genesis behind that so far as you can tell? Yeah, so what what, what I can tell you is that Matthew Stafford did have a list of preferred destinations and the Patriots were not on that list. So, um, you know, whether or not he was the only one on that list, I don't know, but, but I can tell you that, 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 that there was a list there and he, and the Patriots were not on that list, which combined with the Patriots offer coming in a little bit low, sort of, you know, made the Patriots one of the teams that bowed out pretty quickly in the whole process. Um, and he did have a list of teams that he did that 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 he really did want to go to that I think was kind of kept closer to the vest. Um, but I know the impression that other teams had gotten was that the teams that he wanted to go to most one two three were the Rams, the Niners, and the Colts. And that's not a real surprise, and that's going to lead into my next question. I thought he would go to the Colts. I thought that was the most likely destination. Uh, The Niners obviously have had tremendous success with Kyle Shanahan. It's not a surprise that he would pick, having come out of Detroit, three teams that have had a lot of recent success in terms of being in the playoffs. What do you think the Niners do, and what do you think the Colts do among other teams that were in the running in some way for Stafford now with him gone? So I, I think the Niners are content with Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, I don't think they view him as a 10-year answer, but his, his contract has really matured, and it's a, it's a very reasonable deal now if you look at it versus other, versus other quarterback contracts. So I think the Niners continue to survey the market. You know, Maybe a Kirk Cousins becomes available. Maybe a Matt Ryan becomes available. Somebody who you know, Kyle Shanahan has background with. Um, but absent there being some like you know one of those sorts of opportunities or Deshaun Watson coming onto the onto the market, I think they're happy to tread water um, with 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 uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo for right now. Um, the Colts, on the other hand, I think they could get aggressive and move up for a quarterback in the draft. It wouldn't surprise me at least. And I think the parallel that you want to look at is Kansas City here um if you look at chris ballard's history the gm there in indianapolis he was in kansas city from 2013 to 2017 the way they built the roster there they spent four years investing draft picks in guys around alex smith and then once the thing was built up they went and they struck and they 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 were like okay our roster is is where we want it now we found a quarterback we really love and we're okay packaging picks together to, 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 to go and make a massive move up. Now, he wasn't there for the Mahomes trade, but he was there for all the lead-up to the Mahomes trade, and he was one of the primary, I would say, advocates of Patrick Mahomes in that building in Kansas City. So where is he at now in Indianapolis? About the same sort of spot, actually. You know, four years into his time in Indianapolis, he's got a roster that doesn't maybe need a ton more young talent, so he could afford to make a massive move up the board. And he actually has a higher pick now than the Chiefs had going into the 2017 draft before they traded up. So how does this all factor in now with Deshaun Watson? Because you mentioned earlier that the, the Lions wanted to maybe strike before Deshaun Watson got up on the board. They did that. They got their deal done. 
Do you think the Texans are going to move on for Des- from Deshaun Watson? If they do, what's it going to take for him to leave Houston? I don't. I, I like. It's hard to say right now because it's just a it's a it's a staring contest. You know, I mean, on one end you have the Texans trying to trying to rebuild the bridge with Deshaun Watson, and Watson won't even take their phone calls. And on the other end, you've got. Um, teams calling the Texans and the Texans stonewalling those teams. And, you know, my understanding is the issue that Watson has right now is beyond the new GM, Nick Casario, beyond the new head coach, David Culley, it's really with ownership. And he feels like he was sort of misled and kept in the dark last year when they traded DeAndre Hopkins. And they promised it wouldn't happen again. They told him he'd be clued in on on the head coach search and GM search. And, you know, then almost the exact same thing happened um, with the Casario hire that had happened with, with, the, with the Hopkins trade. So I don't know how they fix that. And um, I don't think Watson's a hard guy to get along with, which makes it even worse. It's just, I mean, a horrible, horrible example of mismanagement by the Texans. Um, so I think if they were, were going to move him, I think you're talking about getting three or four first-round picks. I just I don't know which way this goes right now. Is somebody willing to give that? Like, is there a team out there that you think? Well, let's just start with the three. Is there a team in your mind out there willing to go to three first round picks? Who might that team be if that were to occur? So, like, if you're Miami, do you send the third overall pick, your slotted pick, which I believe is eighteen? So, yep. do you send three eighteen in your twenty twenty two first round? If you're Miami, yes. And maybe Tua, I mean, like, maybe Tua as well, right? right? Tua, because and, you wouldn't keep and, and, Tua in that scenario. Or you get right, a third and that, team and involved that, and get a first round for him maybe late. I don't know. Right. So, I mean, like if you're Miami, you feel like, okay, like we're getting a little closer now. We've invested a lot in the roster. Let's go get Deshaun Watson. And, you know, I, I, think it's, I think it's at least interesting that their offensive coordinator spot has remained open as long as it has too, which is sort of another twist to all that. Um, you know, but I, I do think there's a team out there that would look at a trade like that. You know, would the Jets do it? You know, the Jets have the second pick and the 23rd pick, I believe. Would they package their two picks and then one of their first-round picks next year? Remember, they have two first-round picks next year as well. So there are teams, and you know, that, that that have high picks that have sort of the leeway to do this sort of thing. And um, you know, that's why I think you know you look at some of these teams. It's like, yeah, I could see them doing that. Even in San Francisco, like where you don't feel like you have a ton of other needs on your roster. You feel like you've got that thing built up. If you're San Francisco, do you look at it and say, oh, we really aren't going to need first-round picks the next few years because we have our core in place. I, I just think there are going to be some teams out there that would be able to justify the idea of going to three or even four first-round picks for a guy who, at 25 years old, Clay, I mean, like, he played great in a horrific situation this year, which I think says a lot about who he is as a player, and we've seen him in the playoffs already. So we're talking to Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated. You mentioned and wrote that there were eight teams at least that expressed interest in Matthew Stafford, and that might have surprised some of the average NFL fans out there. There are going to be a lot of quarterbacks potentially on the market again this year. There certainly are a lot of teams on the market for a quarterback as well. Where would you say, in general, there might be some guys that would surprise fans that are going to get a lot of interest? Is it Jameis Winston? Is it Marcus Mariota? Is it, I don't know, a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who might be getting released? Who is out there 
that somebody could maybe convince themselves, hey, this guy can be our Ryan Tannehill, a guy who might not have worked out so far but still has talent. Are there any of those guys that you hear being bandied about? You know, I, I mean, the one that I would bring up here that I think is sort of an interesting one is Sam Darnold, New York. And it just – I think it's interesting that the Jets dip their toe in the pool – on, on Matthew Stafford, who on the, on the surface of it, Clay, I mean, you look at, does it make any sense that the Jets would go and get a 33 year old quarterback? No, right? Like, I don't, I, I don't think it makes a ton of sense with as young as their roster is and, and, and how they're going to be building it the next couple of years. So I know there, there were at least a couple of people that I talked to that thought that might have been a little bit of a smoke signal from, from Joe Douglas, where he doesn't want to shop Sam Darnold, but doing something like that might prompt some other GMs to pick up the phone and make an offer. And at least then he can kind of see what Sam Darnold's value is and you know weigh that against what he might have in a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson with the second overall pick. So Sam Darnold is one domino that I think could fall. And then you know, I, I think the, the other guys, and, and that, the thing about all this, you know, the potential chaos at quarterback is that it's just so much of it's based on other teams and whether or not they're going to be, you know, able to get an upgrade. Like Jimmy Garoppolo could be available if the Niners could get an upgrade. Um, Derek Carr could be available if the Raiders could get an upgrade. So I, I just think what's interesting about this year is that a lot of the quarterback movement could come from guys who are on rosters and aren't free agents. And, of course, we're all assuming here that Dak Prescott's going to get franchised and that he's going to be a Cowboy again. All right, a lot of drama, obviously, in the NFL at the quarterback position. Two guys who are studs at the quarterback position, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, going up against each other on Sunday. What happens in the Super Bowl? What do you expect to see? I just have such a hard time, you know, betting against uh, Patrick Mahomes right now. And... Um, I think he sort of is what Tom Brady used to be, which is um, there's a chance he blows you out and there's a chance that he wins a close game. And there's a chance that you play really well for two, three, three and a half quarters. And he erases all of it at the end. And that's the toughest quarterback to bet against, you know, the guy who can do that. And I think you saw it in the playoffs last year where, um, you know, where, you know, you, you, you look at that game against Houston. I mean, they just got off to a horrific start. And he was able to erase that. And then in the Super Bowl, uh, the Niners outplayed him in every way for three and a half quarters. In the last eight minutes of the game, Mahomes just makes all of that not matter. Um, you know, and I think you even see it like in this year's playoffs, like the difference, how different that team looked when Chad Henney was in there versus, you know, the way, the way they looked with Mahomes in the AFC title game. So I'm going with the Chiefs, and it's just because I, I think. No, there's a chance they play really well, and if they play really well, then I think they're. they're I mean, Buffalo can tell you they're very difficult to keep up with. But even if they, you know, come out and they're not great right off the bat, Mahomes has the ability as like sort of this eraser to make none of that matter. Um, you know, again, just a very, very difficult team to go against, and I don't know that the the, the, the Bucks are going to be able to hang with them for four quarters. Albert Breer, appreciate it, my man. I know how busy you are. Great work with that story. We'll talk to you again sometime soon. Awesome. Thanks, Clay. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. I am pleased to bring in Petros Papadakis, uh, AM570 LA Sports, at the old P on Twitter, Petros and Money Show. Uh, you were sick last week, and so we didn't get to talk. How are you feeling? Are you back among the living? How would you uh, assess your overall health at this point? No, I'm, I'm okay. And, I mean, it's always really, for anybody, it's always really annoying to get sick, obviously, but and then in the world of uh, radio or when you're on the air every day and people expect something from you. Yes. And you don't show up on the air, everybody makes assumptions. Like, you know, you have no privacy. Like, I remember when one of my kids was born, like, everybody knew my wife was pregnant. 
everybody knew it was going to be any day. And then the day I don't show up on the air, it's like you can't go to the hospital and have a kid in peace with your without your whole family like breaking down the door because they know that you're there. So uh, you add that to the pandemic and you don't show up for work and everybody you've been around thinks that they're going to die. And it just, it's, <laughs> I mean, it really is. It's a really tedious thing. Like it's almost better just to go to work and barf all over everybody. I mean, I know that's not responsible in, in today's day and age, but yeah, I got sick. I had a stomach thing. I went and got tested and all that. And, uh, felt stronger and tested negative and got back to work. So that was that. But I hated missing my commitment to outkick the coverage. So I'm sorry to you and your empire of listeners. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, And let me go to this to begin with then. Before we get into the Bachelor Report, which is now going to be extremely dated, but we think it's important to bring it to America uh, on this show, as I know you bring it to other shows as well. But let's start here. Well, it's extremely damn. We're a week back. I mean, we yeah, had I know. a whole other episode. Well, that's because you got night. that's because you got sick. I mean, you blew it. So, I mean, you know, your sickness is what has uh, caused this. But this will also allow everybody to catch up. Let me go to Jared Goff for a minute. Sure. I mean, I, I'm sure even on your jaded sports talk radio show, you guys have had to talk quite a bit about this trade because we just don't see one number one pick traded for another number one pick very often. Uh, what did you think of that trade? Which side would you presume in the years ahead will look smarter? Well, most people spent the last few weeks telling us that it could never happen because the Rams just don't have the assets. They just don't have the first-round picks to go and get and give the value for a guy like Matt Stafford. So I guess in that regard, it caught a lot of people off, off, uh, off guard. But... Just to give you a little bit of a microcosm into what I try to do on the air, like I'm so, I don't know, maybe I'm having a personal crisis. Like instead of talking sports on the show yesterday for the stuff I prepared, I did a film noir report that I, I saw screwed that. up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I screwed it up a little bit yesterday and mispronounced something and, and let a S bomb fly and a clip that I should add clips. So. I feel like I screwed that up, but I talked about film noir for like 10 minutes. I did 10 minutes on Egyptian uh, pharaohs, tombs, curses. Oh, that's interesting. Like locusts and frogs and the Nile turning to blood. And then I tried to do like another 10 minutes on Buck Rogers and George Clooney bringing Buck Rogers back. And I tried to lead our listeners in a Greek Orthodox prayer for George Clooney's safe recovery of the franchise. That's what I've been doing on the radio. Yes. So my rate, like I, I am completely and totally losing my mind and I'm not doing it for novel purposes. I just have no interest in talking about anything. Have else. you ever been to, have you ever been to Egypt before? When I was very young. You uh, did. But it's it's not far from Greece, you know. Well, my family originally is from Crete. Yeah. So if you go south from Crete, I think the first thing you run into is like Morocco or Egypt or something like that. And I got married in Rhodes, where you can see Turkey from. And I've been to Turkey. Uh, so, you know, I've been around in that area, but not not in my adult life, no. But, there are, but curses are real, and they're about to, mummies curses for sure, and they're about to open up like some giant Egyptian uh, uh, Nec- necropolis shaft of uh, tombs 
uh, as we're speaking right now, south of Cairo. So if the world fills with locusts and we get another plague, you'll know why. So that's what I've been discussing on the air. We did talk about Jared Goff and Matt Stafford. Well, I'm actually more, but I want to go back to the mummies. You've actually got me intrigued. So that would actually be good for the mummy movie franchise if there was a curse that arose, right? Because well, I I'd bring was, back Brandon Fraser. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I took my family down to Universal Studios in Florida for the, uh, for the Christmas holiday, like right before it, right? Took a few days off, and we rode the mummy ride. And they made such a huge bet on, like, the mummy as the new Indiana Jones and, yeah. you know, as this thing that they were going to be able well, to bring Tom back. didn't Tom Cruise have a mummy movie? I mean, he did a mummy movie, too, Tom Cruise. I, thought he, I was thinking he did. Dub, will you look that up? Was Tom Cruise? I know they had Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and I know they've spent a lot of money with the idea that that franchise was going to be durable and it just didn't work, right? But they still have the mummy ride, and you know they're trying to do whatever they can to make a franchise like that durable when they actually make a roller coaster about it, right? I mean, because that's the idea of, hey, this is going to be a timeless pop culture phenomenon, and my kids are like, I don't even know what the mummy is. Now, they know Indiana Jones. They certainly know Star Wars. Uh, You know, it's not like I'm hiding them from 1980s movies that still have cultural relevancy today, but... The mummy is one that I think if they found uh, a major issue with it, that that would be the case. Where this got a 16% Tom Cruise in the mummy, like everything that Tom Cruise does works. And this got a awful uh, review from 2017. They tried to bring it back with Tom Cruise. Well, I was just trying to give you an example. Yes. Uh, you asked me about Jared Goff and Stafford, and obviously the Rams just keep leveraging their future for right now. And every time sports talk radio or whatever stupid topics we're supposed to be talking about, not the Nile turning to blood, uh, whatever we say, well, they can't possibly pay Jalen Ramsey. They can't possibly pay Aaron Donald. They can't possibly move <laughs> Brandon Cooks. They can't possibly get rid of Jared Goff. They can't possibly move Todd Gurley. I mean, they just keep doing it. And I, yeah. I guess it's the football equivalency of kicking the can down the road, but it, it hasn't seemed to hurt them yet. And a lot of people like this move as far as the, the right now to not waste Aaron Donald's career. What is golf going to look like in Detroit? You know, I don't know. The Rams didn't have to pay him in the first place, and they obviously made a pretty big mistake. It was a big move that uh, knocked a lot of people off guard. We're talking to Petros Papadakis at uh, the old PAM 570 LA Sports. All right. Um, that is one big story that's out there. The other one is everybody's doing what you do about the Super Bowl. And I actually had this question to come to my mind. This year, there's no radio row. There's no like Super Bowl major festivities associated with the game. Next year, the game will be played in LA. Will you do radio row? when the game is being played at the new stadium in L.A., your hometown? Not if I – I'll fight with everything I can to to not, but if they make me, they make me. Like, What do you think I should do next year? Because usually – you should do whatever it is you do. Like, I hate everybody. I don't have any No, no, no. I mean for the time zone. Because it's easy when we're on the East Coast to do Radio Row because, you you know, it's 6 to to 9 a.m. But I can't do 3 a.m. to 6 6 a.m. No, you need to work in your studio during the day, uh, like for the actual show. And most of your interviews will be stuff you did on tape later in the afternoon when you go to radio. You'll have an interview table set up to do your interviews on tape. 
And then in the morning, you'll sit there in a studio and wrap around them because ain't nobody yeah, getting up not, at 5 in the morning. Well, there's no way I'm getting up at 3 in the morning to do that either. I think what we'll maybe have to do, we need to talk about this because maybe we could do an extravaganza where you find us a place to do a live show. You are on before me, and then I tape my show in the evening after you. We could do a double header. Yeah, I mean, you know my That boss. would be kind of fun, wouldn't it? You can call him. I, there's plenty of places that I know that we can fill up with a bunch of vaccinated people, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, conceivably. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we can totally. It, I just, I don't look. I, you know, I mean, we're not going to get to these bachelor clips, but oh, we got it. Let's let's get to the bachelor clips. All right. So I'll cut you off there. That's an idea for you to think about. Our bosses probably heard that, so they can think about it for next year's Super Bowl. But we are now a week late. You will be on tomorrow. By the way, this is pretty funny. You will be on as the lead-in to Senator Marco Rubio, who is requested to come on the show tomorrow uh, in the final hour. So we'll go from the Bachelor Report with Petros uh, to Senator Rubio's office uh, for Senator Rubio in Florida. But this is that is tomorrow? A- tomorrow, yes. You're going to get up with us tomorrow early because uh, we're going to catch up. Uh, all right, because you were sick last week. This is a week old you queue up everything, the clips. I watched it. I've already seen it. Uh, tell me. What do I need to know? Okay. Well, you've seen it, right? Yes. Oh, okay. So, you know, we're on a Pennsylvania oh, yeah. resort. Uh, I'm not no missing one... anything. I watched it last night. We're going to talk about last night's episode tomorrow. It's going to okay. confuse people. This is last week. Well, one of the interesting things that's happened is a bunch of girls have uh, become mean girls with a leader who calls herself a queen and is named Victoria. Yes, uh, but does not have the sexual repression of the Victorian <laughs> era uh, in uh, in England. Uh, she's much more uh, free with it and seems like a plant, obviously. Uh, to, to me, I mean, nobody's yes. really. We finished. talked about this. She feel we feel like she's an actress who's just like yeah. kind of shoved into this story. But they bullied this girl who was a, a reporter out here in the desert area off the the show. I think Sarah was her name. That's uh, right. A couple a couple weeks ago, and uh, first and foremost, the girl that had the the vibrator in week one has hey. really kind of yeah. She's arisen as sort of a voice of reason, yes, and a true voice of anti bullying in reality TV. Here she is taking it to Victoria. I just would love an apology because you're not going to get an you apology. You told me to stop when I wasn't done expressing myself. Expressing yourself and name calling are two different things. Um, well, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And I can express myself with name calling when I choose to. If that's how you want to express yourself and you want to be toxic and, and if, rude, go yeah, for it. And if you want to express yourself with your d- and think you're ready for an engagement, you can do that. I love my vibrator, so I don't know what you're trying to do, like, coming at me about, like, your vibrator. Like, I'm very confident in what I want to do with my life, and it's showing how insecure you are. I'm not insecure, nor attacking you, So what are you trying to accomplish with this conversation? Like, what's the point? I mean, I think it's rude the way you speak to me. If you're being a bitch, I'm going to tell you you're being a bitch. Um, I'm not being a bitch. Okay. I think you are a bitch, and... I speak my mind. If you're going to be rude to someone, especially someone who's not here, I'm going to call you out and tell you it's unnecessary. I mean, if you try to shut me down again, I probably wouldn't. I don't just tell you about that. I'm not going to apologize to you. You know, I love this clip, and I'm with you. Like, I was watching with my wife, and we're like, you know, this Katie chick, 
is actually kind of turning into an actual reality t- uh, television hero, which is a rarity. She yeah. makes her debut with a vibrator to try to draw the the guy's attention, uh, the bachelor, Matt. And now she is uh, she's become the voice of reason and also uh, really kind of the most likable person on the show. Okay, we'll move on now. Now, this is the thing that is really kind of bothers me about The Bachelor. Now, obviously, it's just a show for entertainment. They don't really care about anybody being happy. But the fact that they just kind of arbitrarily sort of herd these people around and just add women whenever they feel like it. So a couple weeks ago, they just added five women who they had spend extra time in quarantine, not for any reason other than to shake the whole thing up and uh, upset people. And upset people it did. Uh, Here is a girl, uh, Brittany, uh, coming into the house, making out with him uh, on the doorstep like they do. And uh, you hear uh, the reaction, most of it, from the queen herself. Victoria. Surprise! I'm Brittany. Nice to meet you. I am a little late, but I'm here with a couple of the people, so. A what? A few more? Yeah, there's a couple more coming in the car. I don't know how many. So you quarantined and then just stayed in your room as a backup, and now you're coming in as like a backup because some girls left? Um, no. They just wanted to save the best for last. No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay, come on here. That's cool. Grab a seat. (laughs) You will feel uncomfortable pretty soon. (laughs) What was your entrance? I told them I wanted to make up for last, like, last time. And then I made out with them. (laughs) So. That's farther than I've been with him, so. Brittany interrupted me to make out with Matt. Slore. Slut whore. We've been forming these connections with Matt, and we've been like on this journey already, so it's very shocking um, to the system. And yeah, I don't think a lot of us are okay with it. Oh, this is like so. Brittany, not only does she show up and make out with the guy, like these girls that they add have just been sitting in a hotel room basically for the past five days. We have no idea what they've been up to. Uh, and then Brittany just comes storming in, makes out. She walks in in her dress with, you know, uh, side boob in every direction that she's working. And then you've got another clip where this is crazy, but they decide one of the other girls did. Hey, by the way, I heard she's an escort, which is. Well, I'll get wild. you there. Clay. I know you, you cue it up. You're the lawyer. Well, first of all, it's not often you get a slut horror call <laughs> and then to have it, uh, cut down and then combined a slore yes. from Victoria. I will miss her when they decide to uh, to get rid of her. Uh, but it's not Victoria that really comes with the overhand right here. It's this weird neurotic girl who looks like she's constantly on cocaine, the, the copywriter no yes. from That's Chicago, right. Anna. And she, she's she got some real issues uh, because you even if you think somebody might be an escort, I really don't think you can go on on network television and say somebody's a toot. I really don't. I mean, it's pretty crazy. I don't think you can do that. But here she is on network television saying, I hear this girl's a prostitute. Being from Chicago where she is, I had heard rumors and people have gone out of their way to tell me, oh, my God, watch out for this girl. In what regard? Like, watch out with her how? that she is entertaining men for money. 
That's insane. It's all like insane. No one's sending my profile being like, watch out for this girl. Like, There is a rumor because she knows all of the rich men in Chicago that Britney may be an escort. She may be having a transactional relationship with wealthy men. I could see her playing Matt if that's what she's used to doing with men to get what she wants. So... Let's talk about that for a minute, because when I heard it, I was like, this is the kind of thing that you don't come back from. Like, everybody believes now that you are an escort, even if you're not. And I, was I, don't, think, I don't think you can do that. I mean, yeah, I was surprised they put it on the television. Like, I, I unless, I, I, like, because it's such an aggressive thing to say about someone that it's one thing to get voted off and cry or, you know, even be somewhat unlikable on the show. It's another thing to be accused of selling your body for sex. Like, that's a pretty aggressive thing to say about somebody to have follow them around for the rest of their, you know, public perception. Well, I've never looked. Uh, I'm not a naive. I'm sure that we've had sex workers on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette in the past. But to have somebody just had the finger pointed and called a toot straight up, you know, is just not something that we're used to. And, you know, for a guy who just thinks most of this, I mean, all of this, is a ridiculous exercise in the decline of Western civilization, (laughs) you know, for weeks and weeks. I mean, it really is. I really, and and I'm not like a pearl-clutching guy. I think all these people deserve every bit of the humiliation they get for doing this show because that's, I mean, anybody you know who's a person of a sound mind would not do this. I mean, you just, it sounds like a good idea. It's a terrible idea. You would not do this. But that being said, even I was like, wow, I, I think they crossed the line. Like I was clutching my pearls. Amen. Me too. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. 
I'm your host, Anthony Delisandra. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call Podcast on Deadline. 